Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Krabs. Still no Joe Marino. I think that plane, Chris, what's that show? Chris, Chris Schubert. I'm joined by Chris Schubert on the yes, show. Hello. Hello. Chris, what's the show where they go on the plane and they disappear and then they Manifest. come back? Like Manifest. Manifest is the show you're referencing. Joe, yes. Joe That's what happened to Joe. Joe on the, the second season of Manifest and didn't tell us. So he's still floating around in the clouds somewhere. That's okay. We got you covered here on the Draft Dudes podcast doing a little scouting talk. We didn't do any. We usually do scouting talk on Monday, but our, our process changing a little bit. Um, we're going to do a little scouting talk on some offensive tackles today. A couple of the guys that I have gotten eyes on in my personal process uh, for my region of the country for the TDN scouting department, which I'm excited about. Uh, but joined by Chris Schubert, old faithful Chris. What's going on, yes. brother? Hello. I, I, the flight from, from Buffalo to uh, the Carolinas where Joe lives, not that long. Um, 36 so hours, apparently. I'm, huh? I'm a little concerned about our friend, but hopefully he's back tomorrow. We have... Levy Grail to do a rookie report right. card. He, those right. are his staples. Those are concepts he's come up with. So kind of need him uh, for that. But you know what, Kyle? It's a Tuesday, and we have Tuesday night football. Two games tonight that we are going to get to enjoy later today. You can enjoy them with our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the uh, number one spot for all the basketball and football action for the remainder of the season. Head over to the new updated mobile uh, website, updated desktop website. Sign up today, 50% welcome bonus using the promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet online where the game starts. I, I'm excited. You're talking about offensive linemen here on the show today. You were very excited in the pre-show meeting. You're like, I got a couple guys I want to talk about. I said, let's do it. Yeah, so you know the conversation for the offensive line class this year starts with guys like Tyler Linderbaum at center, who as the Big Ten scout, like I've seen plenty of Tyler, and he's phenomenal. And it starts with guys like Evan Neal and Ike McQuanu from NC State. Some people think he's a tackle. Some people think he's a guard. He had a really great season this past year, uh, seemingly fortifying his status as an offensive tackle. Um, but just in my region alone, there's a number of guys uh, who I was really, really pleased with when I watched their tape. And, and some of those guys included Nicholas Petit Freer from Ohio State, the left tackle. Uh, Daniel Falele uh, from Minnesota, who was the apple of my eye in the summer of 2020, but then did not play in 2020 with concerns for COVID. Um, Andrew Stuber, offensive tackle, right tackle from University of Michigan, a, a part of this uh, group that has really helped forge an identity for Michigan and their push to the college football playoff. And then a guy I did today in like, this is a name you've all heard by this point because he started getting buzzed back in October, but Bernhard Raymond uh, from Central Michigan is a really fascinating player uh, for a lot of different reasons. And uh, I, Chris, if it's okay with you, I, I'd actually like to start with Raymond because I just wrote, like, I finished writing his report and then I hopped on with you. So he's Please very go right ahead. in my mind. And his background and his story is very interesting to me, so that's why I'd like you to start there. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, 
do you, do you kind of want like the initial presentation in the same way that we do in scouting meetings? Was yeah, that, yeah. You like the that? People, give the people a little insight of what that's okay. like. Yeah. Well, let let me. I got to pull up one more thing then. Oh, let me guess the measurables. Yes. It's always the it's always the measurables. This so just so everybody knows, this is exactly how the meetings go. When Kyle's like, "Hey, can this scout present this player?" The guy goes, "Oh, hold on, I gotta get the measurables." Hey, let me let me, the only let, me thing that, let me get my notes up here. Yeah, let me get, let me get my notes ready to go. Okay, uh, so Bernhard Raymond, uh, he is a offensive tackle, left tackle from Central Michigan. He's six oh five two, so six foot five and two eight seven inch. Uh, 305 pounds was his last verified weight. Uh, he is a former tight end. And usually you hear former tight end. It's like, oh, okay, played tight end in high school. Not this guy. This guy played at Central Michigan in 2018 and 2019 at the tight end position and started 11 games over those two seasons at Central Michigan. Caught 20 passes for 164 yards over that stretch of time. And this is only like the second most interesting about his pre-scouting, like on the field 2021 tape. He's a foreign exchange student from Austria. So originally from Austria, came over, played some high school football, also lettered in wrestling and track and field. He was listed as a six foot seven, 230 pound tight end in his recruiting profile profile well he's he's not six seven but he's i can tell you he's also not 230 pounds anymore uh sent here, here's my initial synopsis on on bernhard raymond central michigan offensive tackle bernhard raymond is an impressive developmental prospect who has all of the physical tools needed to be a plus starting offensive tackle in the nfl he's an international player who's originally from austria came to central michigan initially as a tight end while letter, also lettering in track and field at the high school level his athletic tools are quite apparent. Uh, he spent his first two seasons at tight end, caught 20 balls for 164 yards over the 2018 and 2019 seasons before stacking on weight and converting to play left tackle. He's a second-year left tackle in 2021. When you consider that he only has a two-year exposure at the offensive tackle position, it's easy to see why there's so much enthusiasm about his projection. He now carries over 300 pounds on his frame, so he's added approximately 70 pounds and does so with only a few subtle clues that he's added extra weight and hasn't naturally always been this big. I like his projection best in a system that looks to weaponize his athletic ability on the edge, where his movement skills can help hit ambitious landmarks in the run and screen game, and his mobility can help to shine and maintain pocket integrity in an offense that looks to move the pocket. He may need a little seasoning on the bench before taking the field, but with his position and likely projected draft status, I would not be surprised if Raymond is handed a starting role early on and charged with learning on the job. His three-year projection is significantly higher than his one-year projection. I like him best in a, best in a wide zone, heavy rushing attack, a.k.a. a Shanahan-style system. The games that I studied were Western Michigan 2020, Missouri 2021, LSU 2021, Miami of Ohio 2021. Uh, LSU, I thought, was his best game this year. Player comp, Brian O'Neill, 2018 NFL draft, uh, drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. And my final grade for him was a 79, which is a third round, a very third high third round valuation. So a couple of things, because you have not presented this player to the rest of the group, so this is the first time that I'm hearing this. When you talk about his background, 
And you talk about how didn't didn't play football until he was what fourteen years old. His transition positions multiple times. Only his second season playing what offensive tackle. The the thing I thought of not an apples to apples conversation, but the thing I thought of is when we talked about David Ajabo, the edge from Michigan. We had very mm-hmm. similar conversations of this is a guy who hasn't played organized football all that much. Now the situations are not, are not the same, but that was the immediate place that I went. So the question that I have for you then, Kyle, is. This is a projection business, what we do, right? We're projecting outward. We're projecting forward. How much risk assessment do you do in an evaluation like this when you're looking at a player that hasn't played the position for very long? Well, yeah, that, that's how you end up with a third-round valuation because I would anticipate he's going to go higher than that. And if he hits the ceiling, he's going to be worth way more than a third-round valuation when it's all said and done. Um, so what I noted for – this one's important for football instincts, right? Which is one of the the characteristics that we grade offensive tackles for. My notes here are uh, the flashes he showcases are super exciting when you take into account that this is a player who's only converted offensive tackle after two years of playing tight end. His understanding of pass sets and his natural instinct to flip his hips and run the corner to protect the top of the arc is impressive. There's fundamental progress that's needed, and I'm most notably looking at hand technique He's got a low hand carriage. His hands are late from time to time. Missouri tagged him with some speed to power rushes where his hands were late. And, uh, you know, he he does play a little tall. So if you're tall and you catch hands, he got walked back into the lap of his quarterback against Missouri a couple of times. Um, but that, that fundamental progress that's needed, if you enter his study understanding what the baseline is, you can very easily get excited about where he's at. I thought he did a nice job. Uh, in the games that I watched, uh, there were times where they tried to bring a, an added player in pressure and, and kind of put that tackle in a bind where he's got to make a decision between do I take the inside guy, do I take the outside guy, uh, am I going to get into a miscommunication with my back, and we're both going to take the same guy, and then you get, you've manufactured a free runner. There weren't a lot of free runners on his tape when those plays happened. And for a guy who's only been playing tackle for two years, that showcases to me you have a conceptual understanding of how pass protection is supposed to work. And yeah, right now he's getting by a little bit more with just natural athleticism. Um, But the concerns, Chris, about the the risk assessment and and how raw he is, that shows up when you're grading his hand technique or you're grading his power at the point of attack. And you're like, yeah, you know, there's times where he's a little high. You wish he could show a little bit more coil and get down in there. He's added a bunch of weight, but I still think from a functional strength perspective, he could probably get a little stronger. So that shows up and he gets dinged a little bit for competitive toughness. Uh, So it kind of shows up littered everywhere. But when I graded his football IQ, there was a lot of good because it's like he's pretty solid right now in the core fundamentals of what he's supposed to be doing. And he's only going to get better. Um, Can we move on to future jet legend Nicholas Petit-Friere, please? Wow. I'm, pu- I, I'm putting it out into the universe. I'm putting it out into the universe that this is a guy that I have circled on my internal Jets big board. So, okay. Let me let me get the measurables for let me, you. Let me, let me get my notes up, please. It's the, Sorry, it's the, I have um, your in fairness, I have your your profile up on another screen that's very accessible to me. So I knew where I wanted to go. But you know what, Kyle? I, I see what you're doing here. You know what? You get the measurables. Yep. Yep. I want to tell our friends here on the show about our friends over at Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds, the brightest gift of the year using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. 
at a light price. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of the process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so that they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. There were some dull moments on this tape, but only because he was shutting guys out. There you go. But only That's because like he was shutting guys out. Okay. So so Nicholas Petit Freer, and I have the uh, phonetic pronunciation guide here next to me because it's always been Petit Freer. It's P- Petit Freer. Uh, he is 6046, so six foot four and three quarters, uh, 315 pounds, last verified measurables for him. And uh, this is somebody who is a really plus athlete. I'll read the synopsis, and then we can kind of get into whatever individual traits you're interested in, Chris. Ohio State left tackle Nicholas Petit-Freer projects favorably to the next level as a starting offensive tackle. He is more natural on the left side of the line as his footwork and movement skills appear to be smoother when manning the left tackle spot. But we've gotten a good look at him in both settings as he was a full-time starter for the Buckeyes in 2020 at right tackle before transitioning to the left side in 2021. Although Ohio State did occasionally flip him back and play musical chairs possession over possession in stretches of the 2021 season where he would take a series at left and then be back the next series and Thayer Munford would be pushed outside to left tackle and he would be at right tackle. Uh, Petit Freer has excellent physical tools and offers the kind of frame that is meant to play on the edge in the NFL. He's long, dense, and fluid as an athlete, offering a promising skill set for an NFL team looking to continue to tinker uh, with building out his high ceiling and adding those final touches uh, to his fundamentals that will make him a finished product. There are some technical and instinctual lapses that pop up intermittently, In footwork and angles, those are the two most prominent areas where I saw them. But generally speaking, Petit Freer has overwhelmed most opponents with his blend of traits. I like him best in a zone-heavy offense. That's what he was asked to execute most frequently at Ohio State. A lot of split flow inside zone. But I think he's conceptually a scheme-flexible player that can drive block, step and flow laterally to run backside cutoff or take vertical sets in deep set passing, which Ohio State did a fair amount of out of their play action passing game. I'm highly encouraged by the development we've seen from Petit Freer over the course of his time in Columbus, successfully maintained an athletic profile worthy of a first round tackle, despite reportedly adding close to 40 pounds onto his frame since he first arrived on campus. It's a testament to how athletic he is and suggests he's continuing to grow and mature into his NFL frame. Uh, I think he's a scheme-diverse talent. The games that I studied from 2020 were Penn State, Michigan State, Northwestern, and Clemson. And from 2021, Minnesota, Oregon, Purdue, Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. I thought Michigan State this year was his best tape that he's had. Uh, Michigan was the worst game out of all the ones that I had studied. And when you got David Ojabo and you've got uh, Aiden Hutchinson, it's understandable why you're probably going to take a couple L's along the way. Uh, My prospect comparison for him is Ronnie Stanley, the first-round pick for the Baltimore Ravens in 2016, and he graded out as an 85-and-a-half, which is a first-round value. Fun fact about Petit Freer, just for you, Chris, interned one summer with World Wrestling Entertainment. Wow. 
I like this guy even more now. Did not know yeah. this. Thank you for doing the, the yep. deep dive research on this. Uh, so you kind of you kind of brought up one of the things that I was going to ask is is could he play on the right side of the line because I think that's obviously going to increase his value as we get more and more into this draft process. Uh, it feels like to you he's better suited on the left, but can can play on the right in a pinch or if you know if needed in an emergency situation. Yeah. So I think when you watched his movement skills and his cadence. It just looked cleaner on the left side. And um, a couple of the games that he struggled with giving up some pressures, Penn State, uh, Nebraska was another one, uh, Michigan. The Nebraska one really popped for me because that was a game this year where there was more than one instance throughout the course of the game where he went left side, back to right side, and then back to left. So like he was ping-ponging back and forth, and it really gave you a good chance to see it all against uh, in the same setting. And yes, he is a he's a starting caliber player on the right side, but I think his ceiling is much higher because he appears that's where his muscle memory lives on the left side. Okay, because as you know, my you know I'm projecting this man yep. to be on my football team. We yep. got a couple guys on the left side. Somebody's going to have yep. to move over a little bit, but I think we can figure that out down the road. Can we close the show by talking about Daniel Falele really quickly? Because if there is one name that I have heard since joining the Draft Dudes podcast from you on a regular basis, it was Daniel Falele's name. So Falele is interesting. He is uh, six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pounds, uh, trimmed down to three eighty from the four hundred he played at in twenty nineteen. My synopsis: I'll read quickly, and then I want to get into a key talking point for him. Uh, Falele projects as a viable starting right tackle at the NFL level. Despite some areas improvement needed throughout his game, he's freakishly large uh, for the game and moves with more agility and grace than you'd ever expect for a man of his stature. Uh, adding in his raw size and his clear that Falele offers the unteachable dynamics of the position and will likely be coveted as a result and having all the tools in the toolbox. He simply needs refinement of technique after opting out in 2020 and losing out on some valuable reps in his individual player development. He's continued to show enough instinct and feel for the position in his return to the field in 2021 for teams to have comfort that he's still simply scratching the surface of what he can be as a blocker. He was uncovered by the university of Michigan when they went to, I believe it was a rugby camp in Australia. Uh, and he ended up getting offers from the likes of Michigan, Alabama, all the heavy hitters before he ever took a snap of American football. He played at the IMG Academy, um, but had all those offers before he even played the game simply because of his stature. Given his relative inexperience to the game, he's a former rugby player who's only seen three seasons of starting experience in Minnesota. The ceiling is unquestionably high. There's a dynamic of risk and reward that needs to be weighed, but teams with accomplished offensive line coaches who are comfortable in player development should not shy away from the challenges that come with an investment here. I project him as a starting right tackle. Uh, the comp for him it's between Jordan Maitala uh, with Philadelphia, who plays left tackle, and Trent Brown, who was freakishly large and underwhelming at the University of Florida before he got to the NFL game and, and really leveled up his style of play. What's interesting about Falele is he plays in an offense in Minnesota that is extremely dependent upon RPO passing. So you don't get a lot of chances to see him taking true pass sets. And that's kind of the big question that I have is projecting him forward. If he goes to a team that wants to be a little bit more traditional, how well does he tackle those assignments? Because you don't get to see a lot of that on tape for him. And so do you feel like 
that's where these other events and the scouting combine and these other things can help answer those questions a little bit. Again, it's not film, it's not it's not game tape from from action, but the more evaluation points you can get on a guy, is that where it's helpful? Yes, uh, because at the end of the day, you you can only judge a player on tape based on what he's asked to do. And Daniel has not been asked to take a lot of vertical sets and, and getting a lot of depth and driving with a pass set and kick slide and or taking 45 degree sets to meet wide angled rushers outside on a seven step drop like that. He just, they don't do that. So the environment uh, and getting to see his movement skills in those situations. Yes. It's going to be very helpful, but I've watched him run cutoff on the backside on like shaded twos. So <laughs> he, he's got some really freakish range to his game for a dude that's 380 pounds. Look at us giving some offensive linemen some love on the show today. I love to see it. The big uglies playing the beautiful game in the trenches. Absolutely. And uh, these were all top 100 grades uh, for me. I had Petit Freer as a first-round valuation. I had Daniel Falele with a second-round grade. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. I think I skipped over that. Uh, he had an 80, which is a second-round valuation, and Bernard Raymond had a 79, which is close to the highest third-round grade that I can give. So predictively – these are probably all top 64 picks in April, unless there's a dramatic change between now and the draft. So um, if you need offensive tackles, just remember, we didn't even get into the Evan Neals of the world and the Ikemikwanus of the world and the Trevor Pennings of the world. And there's a lot of options that are out there. And if I didn't mention your favorite one, don't be, uh, don't be offended. We're just rolling to close here. At grinding the tape on Twitter. At, at the Joe Marino with all of your complaints for offensive tackle prospects not included when I am signing off here. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in for a little offensive tackle talk on a Tuesday. Tackle Tuesday, Chris, I don't know. Tackle Tuesday, we're big fans of alliteration here on Draft Dude. So if you're interested to see what kind of dumb gimmick we can come up with for Tuesdays in the offseason, make sure you hit subscribe and follow along. Thanks as always for checking out the Draft Dude podcast. Make it a good one. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.